You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing how the introduction of new technologies and materials into your practice, specifically zirconia, could improve your case results, even though you're comfortable and satisfied with your current materials and techniques. Our guest is Dr. Mina Barsoom, a dentist who practices general and implant dentistry in Chicago, Illinois. He also serves as a resident faculty at CDOCS in Scottsdale, Arizona. He has been a CAD-CAM and 3D CBCT user for over a decade and currently trains doctors all over the world on CEREC, aligners, and guided implant surgery. Dr. Barsoom, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Hi, Phil. Thank you for having me. So how do you vet new products before you implement them into your routine clinical procedures? What are the things that go through your mind before you start really using a product on a patient and how do you vet it? So that's that's a really good question, actually, because I think um, a lot of dentists are kind of mesmerized by the tall bar syndrome, right? So you get marketing from the manufacturers. They show you this is the strongest, best, fastest material out there. And, you know, I, I'm in a fortunate position where I'm, I'm involved in a lot of beta testing. I'm a lot involved with a lot of the manufacturers. So I see what kind of goes on behind the scenes in developing these materials. But what really, you know, uh, drives me in a decision making process is um, the company itself and what goes into manufacturing a product. So, so for example, I was fortunate to travel and visit the, the headquarters at Karari Noritake in Japan. And I saw behind the scenes how much R&D, how much testing, how much you know, really goes into manufacturing their zirconia. And when I see the effort and the time that's put into it, and I see how much research and testing is done before I'm even presented with a product, it makes me feel really confident that it's something I can put in a patient's mouth. And obviously track record is important. So there's a lot of manufacturers out there who've been making materials for a long time. And those are manufacturers that I trust, but there's also some some new people on the market that I'm a little bit hesitant with, and I kind of want to see how things play out. So once the product is vetted, what does it take to become part of your normal workflow? For instance, how long would you typically use it before deciding it's now your go-to product? Yeah, so so typically what I'll do, I have some test files that I'll mill um, in my office on, on the material. So I'll, I'll mill out the restorations, I'll 3D print some models, I'll evaluate the fit, I'll evaluate the aesthetics and the color. Um, I unfortunately don't have the luxury of, of, of uh, three-point testing or uh, fracture toughness testing in my office, so I'll have to rely on the manufacturer for that. But I'll I'll typically do about five to ten restorations of different shades on that model, and then evaluate the aesthetics, and then you know make sure that it's something that I'm comfortable with the fit on my patient before I actually deliver it to a patient. Yeah, if you had three point testing and an instrument machine in your office, I'd say, boy, you are hardcore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my my actually major in college before I went to dental school was material science. We worked at the Laboratory for the Research of Structure of Matter, LRSM building at Penn. And oh, uh, wow. yeah, those were multi-million dollar rooms with, uh, right. you know, instrument machines. And, and I actually tested dental materials there actually, which was fun. I'm hoping you weren't doing that in your back office. Uh, no, I wasn't. I yeah, mean, I like breaking yeah. stuff, but I mean, those are... <laughs> Those are, those are fun fun tests to do for sure. So there's a lot of stuff out there. There's zirconia, there's glass ceramics, there's feldspathic and so forth. Um, and we've talked a little bit about this offline. What turned you on to zirconia when you have all these other choices? You know, I will say, um, you know, being, being a CAD CAM user for over a decade, I've seen a lot of the materials evolve over time. And, and when I started, I mean, it was basically feldspathic porcelain that we were doing all over the mouth and it was working well. So 
I, I think every material if handled properly with the proper amount of reduction can work successfully on a patient. Now, when we get into real world dentistry where sometimes you don't have the room for two millimeters of occlusal thickness, um, you don't have that perfect patient that's going to you know, be compliant with a bonded restoration um, when it comes to isolation and, and, and post care, I think having zirconia really gives you um, a lot of freedom to you know, get something that's going to fit really, really well. I think milling zirconia with smaller carbides compared to grinding ceramics, you're going to get a much more intimate fit of your restoration. You're going to get less chipping at the margin. You're going to get a lot more anatomic detail. So, so for me, I still find uses for all the materials in the mouth, but zirconia has become you know, my go-to for the, the benefits of milling. Uh, being able to cement that restoration, not having to bond it, and obviously the added strength at a thinner um, occlusal thickness. So it just lets me be more conservative while getting a really nice aesthetic result that I know is going to fit well and last a long time. And do you see that a trend is going on right now in dentistry towards zirconia, even though we're still using some of these other materials, but even in the anterior part of the mouth? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, zirconia started picking up in, in the labs about a decade ago. And that was because chairside users like myself, we didn't have a way to center zirconia in the office. You know, it was a, a 12 hour to 18 hour process. And, you know, we're same day dentists and that's just not not what we do. So it wasn't really until the Speedfire was launched by Dentsply Serona that same day zirconia became kind of a, a big thing. And we started with the 3Y zirconia, the really kind of strong, not super aesthetic zirconia. And it wasn't really until, you know, Karari Noritake um, launched the Katana zirconia for chairside that zirconia, I think, started to really take off on, a, on the chairside market, you know, because Katana really gave me and still gives me the benefit of aesthetics, the benefit of strength, and the benefit of speed. So I'm able to, to fill the restoration quickly and center it quickly and do it in a same day visit. So when you put all that together, is that a game changer for chairside dentistry when it comes to using zirconia? Absolutely. I think, you know, when you combine the, the, the improvements we have on milling right now. So, so for example, I have the, the Dentsplicer on a prime mill, which allows me to super fast mill zirconia in under five minutes. And then I can center that zirconia, that katana in 18 minutes and then cement it in the patient's mouth so I can, if, if the stars are aligned and I don't miss my block, I can get a, a posterior molar crown done in 60 minutes. And that's, that's a huge game changer um, for dentistry. So I think as I see manufacturers shifting more towards zirconia and giving us stronger, faster, and more aesthetic zirconia, that's where I see the future being. You know, you're talking about the benefits of all this and having all these components come together to, to provide a clinical solution that same day that, that offers all the advantages you just described. What do you say to a dentist who's been doing this for a while, more than five years, who's been very successful using more traditional materials and they're getting great success, their patient satisfaction is very high. I mean, my wife just had porcelain fused to metal on, on a premolar crown, which <laughs> you know, I thought was kind of archaic, but it looks right. good. And, and the dentist I spoke to on the phone that did the work is very confident and said, I feel really comfortable with this. And he showed me the x-ray, it looked really good. What, what's your response to that? You know, I will say um, we have advanced a lot in the last decade, you know, from scanning accuracy to the ability to mill these restorations. Um, I, I think porcelain fused to metal is is probably, in my opinion, something that should go away because I don't see any advantage to it over monolithic zirconia. Aesthetically, zirconia is going to be more aesthetic from a functional perspective, having a monolithic material versus a fused material where you're going to have fracture, or fracture of that porcelain at some point is going to shear off. 
unless your occlusion is spot on. There, there are just so many things that have to happen for that PFM to survive long-term. And, and yes, it works, and yes, it's gonna seal the margin, but I think our patients demand more now from, you know, obviously efficiency in the appointment, but also from an aesthetic perspective. Um, and then I, what I would say to the dentists who are maybe concerned or afraid of getting into chair-side milling, you know, every zirconia restoration you've ever received from your lab has been milled. There is no way to press zirconia. It's always a milled restoration. So, you know, you're getting the same result from a chair-side mill um, as you are from a, 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 a lab mill, and you're getting it same day. So, so there's really no disadvantage to transitioning to chair-side milling, especially if you combine it with intraoral scanning and, and digital CAD CAM. So what would you say the minimum armamentarium a dentist needs to get moving forward with this? So they don't, let's assume they don't have a milling machine in the office. What's the yes. least they can get away with as far as equipment and cost? You know, I, I think if you're still in the analog world and you're still taking polyvinyl impressions, I mean, your lab is likely taking that impression, they're pouring up a model or they're scanning that impression for you. And then they're going to design your crown and mill it and send it to you. So if you want to jump in right now, I would get into scanning immediately. I think it's something that your patients will appreciate. It will let you open up opportunities for other treatment modalities like aligners and implants um, where you can take full art scans on all your new patients. Um, but then eventually as you evolve, then you can bring in chair-side milling. But one of the things, you know, you can do and, and expect from your lab, if you're sending them a scan, have them, you know, they can easily mill you a katana restoration as well. So you can get the same crown that I'm using, you know, successfully in my practice. So you can still get that from your lab. And that way, you know, it's a zirconia that's been tested and vetted and isn't, you know, the next, you know, brand out there that no one's ever heard of. And of course, if you get an outlier patient who insists on gold, you can still scan the prep and send it off to the lab, correct? Yeah, I do that a lot. I mean, I get a lot of patients that want gold. Um, and, and what I'll do, ironically, is I'll mill them a provisional with my CEREC, um, put that in there, and then I'll send it to the lab and they'll they'll cast their, their gold restoration and everybody wins that way. Right. Great information. Our last question for this podcast as we wrap it up is, so how do you overcome or minimize the learning curve with these new materials? Because they all have nuances. You know, obviously, zirconia is not the same as uh, feldspathic. It's not the same as a glass ceramic. What are we talking about regarding the learning curve for the dentist and the clinical team as well to become proficient in workflow, et cetera? You know, what I'll say is a lot of the manufacturers are getting better and better at creating simpler workflows where we've gone beyond the 12-step bonding process where you needed to mix 14 different things and it had to be a perfect drop of this and a perfect drop of that. I mean, things have gotten so much easier now where if you look at Katana, for example, uh, they have a, a product called Katana Cleaner, and that's all you really need to do. You squirt some in the intaglio of the crown, you you clean off the tooth, you slap some self-adhesive cement in there, and you pop it in. And it's really, um, it, it's gone from the, the complex, you know, very um, technique-sensitive bonding process that we've, you know, grown accustomed to with glass ceramics, where now I can just use a self-adhesive or even an RMGI, pop that sucker in, and then we're done. And it just makes it so much easier now for a user to pick up a material like Katana and, and cement it in or, or use a self-adhesive in there because the manufacturers are making it easier. But obviously, as things evolve and, you know, if you want to get more sophisticated with the materials, that's why companies like CDOX are out there. And that's that's where I, I work and I teach. And we specialize in, you know, doctor education. You know, come to our workshops or look at our online forums and you will learn everything you want to learn about these materials from a trusted source like, like us clinicians at CDOX. Yeah, so when I was down there in Scottsdale two weeks ago, uh, at a KOL meeting at the Spear Education Center. And you were upstairs teaching one of those workshops? 
I was teaching two workshops at the same time. Uh, so myself and my teaching partner kind of toggle between them and, and we have workshops on all kinds of things. And we're, we happen to be teaching a full arch comprehensive uh, workshop where we teach dentists how to restore full arches in a single day with their CEREC. And, and we kind of go through the face regenerated treatment planning and everything that goes involved with it. But we also teach them about materials and bonding and you know what's out there and making sure that you stay current so you're not that dentist that's still doing PV or, uh, or PFMs in their office. I mean, there's so many better options now uh, where I think it's, you know, you, you owe it to yourself and your patients to evolve and, and learn about what's out there because there are better options out there. Yeah, if you want more information about Katana, you can certainly Google it. Um, and Curare Nurotaki, of course, their website has lots of information on it. And if you want some information on CDOCs, um, I guess you can just Google CDOCS. Yes, www.cdocs.com. And, right. and we, we'd love to have you join and, and you know join our community. Phenomenal training facility there in Scottsdale, Arizona. It's beautiful. We actually took a Jeep ride, an excursion off-road, and it was so much fun going through the desert, quote-unquote, forest, where I saw more cactus trees and bushes than I've ever seen in my life. But it was really very, very beautiful out there. I guess if you're going to plan a trip out there, plan an excursion on a Jeep through the through yeah, the desert. I, uh, now I want to do that. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it was really phenomenal. Well, um, Dr. Barsum, thank you very much. We appreciate your insight. Thank you, Curare, for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, we certainly would love to have you on again. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate the time.